Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to this week's episode of the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris. And even though he's wearing a Yankee shirt, he's back, Chris Rasick, uh, my esteemed co-host. Uh, and this week, we've got a, a special episode. We've got a guest this week. It's not something we do often, but it's something we want to do a little bit uh, more frequently in the future. Uh, and we've got a young gun. Uh, we've got Miles. Uh, it's at Flips for Miles on all the social media channels if you guys want to go follow him. Uh, and we're going to be grilling him for the next hour or so. So I think there's going to be some great takeaways. Uh, Chris, thanks for being again uh, back with me again this week. And Miles, I appreciate you joining us, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. I'm uh, I'm a listener of the show and everything like that, so I'm excited to chop it up a little bit in, in that regard. And I, I really admire what you've been able to do over the years, Chris, and everything, the longevity you've been able to have in the community. I'm hoping to do something similar with that. Uh, I, I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, comments like that will get you far, so I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so... Now, before we, before we get into the show, I do have a little bit of, of news I want to go over, uh, and then we'll, we'll dive right into it. Uh, so this week, it was announced that CNBC saw some paperwork that Amazon is going to have two Prime Days this year. We're going to have one, of course, we know coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so if you're listening to this when this episode's released, which will be, uh, I don't know, sometime in July... Uh, it's it's too late to take advantage of that. However, they're going to have another one in the fall, and uh, this is very reminiscent of what they did during COVID. Uh, you know, they had a they had one Prime Day, and it was really small, and then they had a second one, and uh, it did really really well. So I hope that repeats. Now, that hope is not founded in uh, you know just. Um, just my own wishes, it's actually founded in some real raw data. So uh, who was it here? Adobe Commerce. So everyone knows who Adobe is. They have Photoshop and stuff like that. They also do a lot of uh, consumer polling. And they say that, Am- that consumers are actually excited this year for Prime Day. Uh, 76% of Prime Day shoppers plan to spend more or the same as they did last year in 2021, which honestly surprised me. I was not expecting that with inflation where it is and uh, you know every news channel talking about a, a looming recession, which we've talked about in a prior episode, uh, but this is a good thing. So for reference, uh, the average order value in 2021 was $47.14 during the first 32 hours of the event. That's according to Numerator. In total, Consumers spent $11.2 billion during Prime Day, uh, which was up 7.7% from 2020. Uh, now, this year's motivation behind shopping is going to be a little bit different. 56% of the people who were polled, which was, it was about 1,500 people they polled, said they were going to shop to save some money on Prime Day. Everyone does. They want, you know, a, a new Echo or iPad or whatever Amazon is slashing prices on that day. Uh, and then 32% said they were going to get a, a head start on holiday shopping. And 23% are going to get a head start on back to school shopping, which is good. Uh, hopefully the back to school season will be just as big as last year, if not bigger. I would like to think it'll be a little bit bigger because even more kids are going to be back face to face this year than, than even last year. So I think that'll be solid. Uh, and then the last thing is that 43% of consumers plan to shop for clothing and apparel during this summer holiday sale. It's still a hot girl summer. Uh, and, uh, and so people are going to be looking for a few things to head out to the beach and those, those trips for the rest of this year. The rest of it was spread out over home improvement, health and beauty. So all in all, I'm I'm, I, I've heard a lot of bad thing. I've heard pundits and people say, oh, Prime Day is not going to be anything this year. It's lost its steam. But 
the data says otherwise. And I certainly hope the data is accurate. Um, anything you guys are going to be buying on Prime Day for personal or business use? I already have. I, I dropped. Uh, I dropped more than my average uh, on Prime Day already. I got a couple Ring doorbells, uh, and uh, and I upgraded uh, my Echo Show. So nice. I can, uh, primarily, I want to be able to sit at my desk and tell the people at my front door I'm not interested. You know, the, the cable company and whoever else knocks on my door. So I, I don't want to have to get up. So you know, that is that was my motivation. That's what, and in a in a throwback to our last episode, that is great for time management. Uh, save you, you twenty go. seconds walking to the front door, and uh, you know another ten seconds having to tell people to get off your lawn. Right, and, and all you know, there's no guilt if I just ghost them and just you know pretend like I'm not home. You know, even though there's three cars in the drive and dogs are barking, <laughs> uh, ignore <laughs> ignore the ignore all the evidence that I am home. Uh, right. But uh, maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe this is a pre-recession. Maybe those numbers, um, especially the back to school and, and the holiday shopping, maybe that's the effect that that the recession, you know, the, the, the looming recession or talk of it is, is having on the economy. Maybe that's a, a key factor to this uh, jumpstart. Yeah, I hope so. Miles, you picking anything up for yourself uh, on Prime Day or, or got your actually- eye on anything? Reminds me, yeah, probably some ring cameras now that I think about it. Because I was meaning on buying those anyway. When is Prime Day, by the way? The 12th? Yeah, I think it's like something like that. Yeah, I remember. It's an interesting story. Uh, kind of digging into my story a little bit. But three years ago was the last job I ever worked. It was ironically an unpaid internship that was required to graduate, whatever. Um, and I, dudes were, we were at the boardroom. It's like some corporate stuff. You know, I had my, like, the, probably the last, damn, pre-COVID, the last time I ever wore a suit, I think. Uh, oh, or like, even like a, yeah, I think even a button down shirt, maybe like my last semester of college. But um, yeah, so I so we were sitting there, dudes are like, what are you buying for uh, Prime Day or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I'm actually selling some stuff. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. But luckily, we stuck at it. Good things happen eventually on uh, on everything like that. But yeah, so probably just some doorbell cameras, hopefully selling a bunch of stuff, though. Who knows? On that. Yeah, yeah, so, I hope so, too. Well, We've got, we do want to keep this to pretty close to an hour. So I'm going to start diving right into the questions. Uh, Chris, please butt in if you've got a, an aside or, or a question of your own as well. Um, we've got to start uh, with the basic one. How did you get started on Amazon and kind of tell us the, the background and the, the story there? Yeah. So uh, I've been like flipping things off and on. Uh, since like 2011, basically, similar to the way there's a giant online reselling community, there's also a giant uh, online Lego community. So I was flipping stuff in the Lego community. There's a site called Bricklink, which is like the Lego eBay. It's like trading with people. I was like, same way, you know, we get on, you know, on Zoom, chop it up, different stuff like this, StreamYard, everything. I was doing that as like a 13 year old with like random kids. And so my parents like, what are you doing? And everything. But I it ended up being a really, really good experience from like 2011 to 2018. I was like, flipping Legos. I was trading Legos with people. I was making stuff of my own, big collaborations, conventions, all that. And around like 2014, so I was a freshman in high school, uh, I was always just like the bartering of it, right? Trading. I was shipping stuff out starting like 2011 and everything. I remember we mailed a check. We mailed a check to someone to buy something. We mailed a check, no PayPal, no pay. Literally, we mailed a check and everything. And uh, around 2014, the kid was like, he had all these nice shoes, the kid in the Lego community. And I was like, how are you getting those, man? He's like, oh, I've been flipping and everything. He ended up showing me it. He ended up adding me to the Facebook groups he was in for shoe reselling. Also ended up stealing 500 bucks from me, selling me some fake stuff. But best 500 bucks I ever spent on that. Uh, 2014, started doing the shoe stuff. Off and on, uh, 2017, moved uh, into college three weeks before I was moving or whatever. Mom was like, yeah, so you're going to get rid of all those shoes you've been selling? Everything was like, no, mom, I'm going to bring them with me and I'm going to do it still there. And that, what was cool was that um, I had a couple of friends freshman year who had a car and they were really supportive. They would take me to the post office and we would like go out to lunch or whatever. They would just let me drop the packages off. And that was really cool. They were great friends. And I started making, you know, thousand bucks profit a month here and there on um, different stuff. Fast forward, uh, getting into late 2018, they uh, they transferred. So then I had nothing to do besides make money because my best friends from the first year left. And that was when I really started uh, getting after it. Shuri Sunk, so I was 2018. Uh, I guess for whatever reason, uh, social media ads are getting better. I start getting targeted by Amazon stuff. I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, wow, you can resell stuff besides shoes. 
and on Amazon. I didn't know people were selling on Amazon. Didn't really do anything about it, but started seeing like rake and profit, uh, Romer guys. So I'm, you know, lucky to know now and everything. And then, um, I still do shoes. Ended up a couple multi thousand profit months in 2018, uh, last few months. Uh, and then 2019, I start the Flips for Miles page talking all about shoe reselling. I'm doing that unpaid internship in 2019. I'm like, hey, let me give that Amazon such, um, let me give that Amazon thing a shot. I'm living by myself. I got nothing better to do after nine to five every day. Basically, I was living in my college town, just doing the internship, start doing that. Book-wise, no idea how to do any ungating. No idea if anyone knew how to do any ungating. Clearly, no one did um, eventually. But So I did that through the end of 2019. Couldn't get any stock starting with COVID in 2020. So I pretty much stopped doing Amazon, but I kept doing the personal brand. So I was still following people that were doing Amazon and had some friends that were doing it. They were just having success. I wasn't. So I was just focusing back on the shoe, goat, StockX, stuff like that. And then late 2020, early 2021, people are starting talking about like ungating. You can do You can use eBay. You can use these different things to get it done. It's like, wow, okay. And then I did it. For whatever reason, I learned about it in like December, November 2020, but I didn't do it till February. And then right when I did it, right, I got Nike and Adidas ungate. I was like, okay, it's go time now. Cause I was, I was done college. So I had to start making like full-time income and I wasn't really, I probably made like 50 in 2020. So it was like fine, but not, not a lot. And then I ended up getting the Nike and Adidas Sungate on. And then it just, it was, I, that was immediately go time. I had some friends who I do the podcast with. Now we started masterminding every single day on zoom, sharing leads, all that literally every single day. We probably FaceTimed maybe missed sub five days of not talking to each other in the, in the year and a half. And uh, so it was four of us, four of us, and really five of us and everything. Since we met in February 2021, uh, probably north of eight figures in sales combined between us. And I'm, I'm only like two of that um, and everything. But it's really like just had the formula and just really started exploiting it. Um, and I was even only merchant fulfilling till like a year ago, which is kind of funny. Oh, wow. I didn't start doing FBA. Wow. But yeah, so my first 300K of sales, like 50K of profit was all merchant fulfilled. And then I started doing FBA like September of last year. And then I really started, uh, you know, just kind of was literally every day. When you do something every day for a year, you get pretty good at it. And it just started coming together. I started leveraging out a little bit more, seeing more growth. And then ended up last year about, I think it's like 1.03 in sale, at mil in sales. And then hopefully this year, like 2.5, just hit a mil or will this week hit a mil year to date in, uh, in sales and everything. But all on our arbitrage, I love it. I love how you can turn it off on you, you don't need to call anyone or anything um it's better on a smaller scale obviously there's lots of sales tax arbitrage there's tons of coupon ability in a lot of the big brands and uh, everything like that and now a part owner of selleramp which is our product research tool we use um for that stuff for like profit calculator and then reverse sourcing people which is the sourcing methods i did so that aligned uh perfectly and then doing some info product stuff as well but very excited about uh online arbitrage and to talk to you guys for an hour here today as well that's awesome I, I'll have to say one part of your story really stuck out to me. It's you guys masterminding every day for a year and only missing like five. That's huge. One, I mean, you guys, you guys are all young. I mean, I've been on, I've been on your guys' podcast yeah. and, and hung out with you guys and I know everyone's young and I don't know. I, man, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like, like an old guy, but uh, it's, I it, think it's hard to find early 20 year olds who are like, you know what, we're really serious. We're going to like put our heads down and we're going to do the work and keep each other accountable. So kudos for that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's hard to find people of any age, man. Yeah. You know, it's like really like being around this for a little while, right? There's very few people who have stuck around for a few years and everything. And pretty much. Hey guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the clear the shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the monthly goal tracking spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. Everyone that has, right? I started like 2019, like Romer, guys who are still out today, they're all doing pretty well. Like it's hard to not, once you do something a ton, it's it's really just unreasonable not to be really good at it. If you're any type of like intuitive person, you have a network, you're combining knowledge and 
taking it forward and everything. But yeah, so I, I owe those guys a lot and we do, you know, the podcast together by box bandits and all and everything. But yeah, kind of took like a year to kind of get it six months in. And then it's just been kind of pedal to the metal since then pretty much a year, like kind of with it figured out like five figure a month profit, that kind of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really, that's, awesome. I mean, it's like a double edged, like it's impressive that, you know, number one, it speaks to the power of networking, which I think kind of goes against some of the things that, that you hear and some of the context when you talk to other sellers. Yeah. Uh, and their like Amazon yeah. sellers tend to be secretive, you know, exactly. and it makes no terrified sense. to let their store name out. And yeah. Well that I, that I, yeah, I am terrified of that. <laughs> and everybody in terms of like, there's people I like, I was literally just before this, I was on uh, zoom with two of my buddies um, and we were just sourcing together. Right. We have a spreadsheet of shared, um stuff and everything so yeah stuff like that all the time but yeah obviously like publicly in terms of, like tornadoes it won't want that out but yeah in terms of, like network and everything it's so important yeah it's so helpful for me too on stuff because there's only so much capital right on stuff like i only have so much capital but there's an infinite amount of diversification i could have and my buddies we gone together we all have a comfortable amount on each skew and it works out pretty well and stuff so that's great that's, that's great awesome. system yeah i like that um <clears throat> And you kind of already uh, kind of covered my next question already, but is there, can you like pinpoint an exact moment where the light bulb just turned on for you? Uh, yeah. Especially when it comes to like Amazon. Yeah. So this is a good, uh, very good story. So speaking of back to school, you're just bringing it up there prior. So I, uh, because I was only merchant fulfilled, if I was on vacation, there were no sales. So mm-hmm. I went on vacation august like july 27th or something the last year i got home like august 16th i turned the listings back on so i was at zero for the month pretty much besides like maybe like a thousand of fba sales so it's like pretty much no only merch built to that point and then like 103k the next two weeks that was my first 100k month first five figure profit month or probably like first 15k profit month and that like opened my eyes and then it's been go time pretty much six figs rev a month or, or 95 plus since then. Um, and everything. That, that was the big part. That was, that was like, oh, you can rip stuff. And merchant filling is great, man, because you can uh, you can replenish so quick. You know, you don't have to worry about no FC transfer times, no lead times. And obviously, it's got to be low competition, so you can do that, right? But it was, you know, it was cheap stuff, smart parcel, or uh, first class, that kind of thing and everything. But yeah, I was just, I was literally like, I was ordering stuff getting it in, listing it immediately, just ripping it, merch felt, and that back-to-school volume increase was really, really helpful, and that was when it kind of clicked on everything, and that's when I was like, okay, we can really do some stuff on this. I remember I was talking to, uh, I was thinking to myself, I was at the uh, my buddy's conference, Taylor and Romer, last year, it was in August of last year, and I was like, damn, this, like, talking to some, like, guys who I know are clearing seven figures in profit, I was like, damn, man, I don't even know if I'm going to make six figures this profit <laughs> this year, and everything. I ended up doing, like, just about multiple last year and then this year way more than that on stuff um but yeah it's like pretty pretty cool to see how you can really smash through your limiting beliefs once you just instead of focusing on numbers just instead of focusing on doing the right things every day and trusting it right you, this is, you need conviction to do it but conviction only comes by doing it a lot and that's the input that you can control that most people don't want to do and that's why with online business most people fail but those of us who stick around for it a while it's pretty hard not to succeed when you eventually just know enough where like it's literally just like, will you do the work? And if you took the time to learn, you probably will do the work as well. That's why it ends up working for a lot of people who, who do it for a while. Yeah. yeah. Putting putting in the reps is highly underrated, I think. Yeah, uh, the only way to do it, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I always, I always like to find out because I think there's always a, a learning opportunity here. Uh, what was your biggest failure? on amazon and and then what did you learn from from that experience yeah so that's a great question i think i have a decent answer for it right so that that early 2021 period went right when COVID hit right till late 2020 early 2021 not doing any amazon no shipments no books anything that was like really i mean it's literally i did nothing like there's my focus completely shifted from it and so that was literally like, I had no idea how to get ungated and everything. But the key was I was still doing the socials at that time. And so many people underestimate the socials, but the socials, right, and staying in contact with Amazon people, what, what was what eventually brought me back into it and everything. So it taught me the power of just now where we talked about it earlier, but I can't speak on that. Like I'll get on consulting calls with people and we'll talk about a ton of tactical stuff, right? Reading, keep it charts, seller am sourcing, all that. And I tell every single one as of like the past week, past two weeks, right? Past month. 
find set a goal of get on zoom with five amazon sellers a month right we're all on socials for a reason very few people make money from socials right but we're all there to meet other amazon sellers right and the people you want to talk to will say yes if you hit them that's how i met warner business partner on the info side of things that's how i met garrett right my business partner on the podcast we do a lot of leads together and all that's like hey I like what you're doing. Let's get on Zoom sometime. Let's get on the phone sometime, right? It's uncomfortable, right? But making money online is uncomfortable. And that's why most people will never succeed with it. But that was that was big um, doing that. That's how I met a lot of the guys that I really have good relationships with today and everything. I don't even really remember. Oh, the question was, oh, yeah, the question was yeah, the biggest failure. So that was definitely the biggest failure and what I learned from it. Nice. I like that. Uh, I guess what's... What's one of the things about this business that I guess maybe you didn't expect? I mean, you you were doing it as a teenager. You kind of kind of had your your toes in the water uh, yeah. a little bit for a long time. But you know, as you really started to ramp things up, you know, especially on the Amazon side, uh, what's something you didn't expect uh, about this business? Yeah, how scalable it was, and um, how relationship based it was too. And it's mm-hmm. relationship based for me. It's not for many people, but for a lot of the people who have had a lot of success, it, it tends to be from my experience talking to, you know, a lot of people in this, but yeah, scalability factor too. You know what I mean? Right? Like you sell one used book from a thrift store and you're like, damn, I'd have to do that, you know, 10,000 times to make a, or uh, 10,000. No, yeah. Te- like whatever, 50,000 times at two bucks profit to make a hundred grand of profit in a year. Right. Not as feasible possible, obviously, but not as feasible, but then you start you start seeing some of the volume, right? You you move something under under a grand of sales rank, right? Under one K sales rank, you can sell hundred hundred the hundred of those a day by yourself if you have the stock and you're repricing, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Getting a chance to do some of that, right? Like last August, right? Just today, I had something one ace and I moved a hundred up, and like today alone, and hopefully I'll do it again and again and again. You best believe I got on the to do list after this, right before I go to bed. I'm ordering two hundred of them and hopefully picking up some nice. tomorrow. And everything, but yeah, definitely scalability of stuff. Yeah, that's that's always that's always been something I think some people are <clears throat> are surprised by, especially what you can do either either by yourself or with a small team, or you know, if you outsource to a prep center, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a massive team. Uh, yeah, I was I was talking with a guy today, and he was telling me that he masterminds with a couple of uh, eight figure online arbitrage sellers. Ooh. And I know, you know, I may know two or three, yeah, I know uh, but there's a, yeah, there's a lot more of them out there that don't necessarily hang out in Facebook groups or anything like yeah. that. Uh, you know, but, but they're out there. And I just asked, I said, you know, what kind of teams do they have in place? And most of those guys, it's, you know, it's them, maybe one or two buyers. Uh, and then some of them do their prep in house. So maybe they have two or even three prep people who might not even be full time. Uh, and that's all you need to get to eight figures and gross sales every single year. Uh, it It's kind of crazy what FBA has allowed, you know, as a, as a, as an operator, as a small business, you don't have to have a big team. I mean, to do, to do eight figures in like a brick and mortar business, I can only imagine how many employees you would end up needing to have. And you know? like with all that stuff just comes so much headache, obviously, right. Headache to make a sh- a ton of money, which is yeah, I'd probably mm-hmm. take that and everything. But yeah, I, I agree definitely. Yeah, you know I, what uh, I like is uh, I keep hearing what I'm taking out of your story is, you know, it seems like you basically identify the primary obstacle, you overcome it, and then you're off and running. You know, which it's funny because we, it, you know, Chris Grant just finished a, a another OA challenge. So there's a new batch of, of people in the Discord and, and in the Facebook group. And I see so many of them, they have so many questions and, and they, they want, they have these, these intricate questions and it feels like they want to know every last little detail before they jump in, you know, which I think is important if they're listening to this and listening to you, you know, I think you can, you can learn a valuable lesson by simply opening the door, getting through that one obstacle and then just doing it, just, you know, just hit your process, trust your process, keep at it, you know, just do rep after rep after rep. And, you know, you've seen the success from that. I think that's a valuable lesson there. Yeah. You learned to uh, write by writing, learn to ride a bike by riding a bike. 
we appreciate everyone listening, but you know, you don't learn to sell on Amazon strictly by listening to podcasts. You know what I mean? You got to get in the game. You got to do, and you learn so much more. You learn so much quicker and everything. And right. So it's like, I deal with, you know, yeah. You know, a lot of young guys in this stuff, right? Amazon's not going to be the last business I do. You know what I mean? But is it the, the first, the way I put the first hundred grand in the bank? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And will it be hopefully another digit on that in a few years, you know, a year or two, right? Hopefully as well. All now that, but are you, people underestimate the skills, right? Sure. Let's talk about risk. Okay. So many people scared to start a business. 80 years ago, people of various ages were going to war, right? Today, the only, the only thing you risk is, right, sure, you waste some time. But if you're making no money, your time's not worth anything. So there is no risk, right? You might as well put the time in to learn and everything, right? And the stuff you learn serves you well, right? Because like when we, uh, we've all struggled with this stuff, but like, Personally, I would do nothing differently. If I could do the exact same thing over, I would have taken the exact trajectory. Certain things just went the way they had to, and they were based off failures. Like that kid taking the 500 bucks from me, right? This was eight years ago at this point, right? It's 2014. Still the best 500 bucks I ever spent because he added me to those Facebook groups that then connected me with a lot of people that, you know, different stuff happened. I made money and then eventually found Amazon and then started doing the personal brand and, uh, you know, we get here. That's that's great. What you what you talked about there, Chris, brings up actually dovetails nicely into my next question. I'm curious what it, currently what's your biggest challenge that you're facing, uh, and and how do you plan on tackling it, or how are you currently tackling it? Yeah, it's just kind of like dealing with scale. To be honest, um, like I start doing a lot. Like in a perfect world, everything would be in house. You know what I mean? But I'm like at a place in my life where as much as I would love a warehouse like warehouse content and everything mm-hmm. I just don't want to buckle down and sign a 12 month lease so it's doing much more OA to prep now which sure it's a little bit more expensive uh, but I'm just in the first month of that so it's like dealing with like you know it's natural headaches and stuff and everything but I'll be very happy 45 months 45 days from now that I did you know once stuff's compounding well and everything, but it's the same thing, right? Leveraging out is, is very scary to many people. It was scary to me. And then two months later, your money's compounded once or twice, and you have all that built in equity from the stuff that's compounded, and you're still everything. That was an, an, you know, another thing I went through. But yeah, this is a big thing, just dealing with scale, right? And also kind of just deciding what opportunity to go after. You know, we have the software now, have like the personal brand info products and the Amazon side of things. So just managing them, but also, right? Like, if you could tell me uh, a year ago, me a year ago, that I'd be making the money I'd make now, I'd be like, oh, of course, you'd be thrilled to get up every day and go chase more, you know, and everything. So, yeah, I just really I have nothing to complain about on stuff. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, you won't. I don't think you'll regret having a prep center, uh, especially like now. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys in the past have gone that that warehouse first. And I mean, like people who are now like big sellers, like eight figures and and stuff like that. Uh, And these guys that I talked to over the past two years or so, they've actually closed down warehouses and moved to prep centers uh, rather than continuing with, you know, human resources headaches and, you know, dealing with increasing rents and increasing cam charges and, you know, one of the guys warehouses got rezoned and he got kicked out. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's all kinds of crazy stuff that can, that can come with that. But fortunately those aren't headaches you'll have to deal with, uh, you know, as you grow, maybe, maybe your prep center has to bring on another employee, but you don't have to worry about it. So that was a good move, man. Uh, all right. So I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to, I'm going to offer an opinion some things that I've heard you say that I think, people should really take to heart. Uh, but in this business and in your opinion, uh, what do you think the most important personality tra- trait or strength someone needs to have to to be in this business uh, and actually be successful? All right. That's a great question. I got two. Uh, so determination is obviously to succeed with anything, but purely in, uh, in you know, just online business, Amazon in general, I'd say curiosity, right? You cannot be the person that asks Googleable questions. If you're asking Googleable questions, it shows that you're not willing to look on your own. And you'll find it way quicker. I promise you, almost everything you'll find way quicker by doing your own research than DMing some dude on Instagram. Do I answer him? Of course I answer him. But curiosity, man, yeah, right? And the reason I say curiosity is because there's no formal education on this topic, right? 
for whatever reason, you know, us three happen to be authorities in the space, right? We're, we're some of the ones sharing the info and everything. So there's no traditional information. So you have to self-educate on it, right? And you have to go to the, the internet, right? And, you know, online business rewards, a lot of curiosity and stuff and a lot of like leads. Like I don't buy from like Walmart or Target or any of those sites, right? I want to deal with stuff that's a lot smaller. It's more niche. It's harder to find. It's more couponable. There's variations on the listings, right? I can arbitrage the sales tax using the prep center. So definitely curiosity. And that's how I found a lot of that stuff. Awesome. I like that. As a couple of the things that I've picked up just in the short time we've been together here is your positivity is off the charts. Uh, and I hate, I hate to sound like a boomer. I'm not a boomer. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not there. Uh, you know, but <clears throat> I come across, you know, younger guys than myself and i'm not that old but you know i am staring down the barrel of four man here. warren buffett's like 92 still giving speeches and stuff man we right? got a lot of heat. we got a lot of summers left man all of us <laughs> you know but uh but one of the things i've picked up is is your positivity is huge and i i talk to a lot of people i talk to young people i talk to older people and i don't see the kind of positivity that i think i have that you know you're exuding uh you know, not only just for this business, but business in general. I, oh, I, yeah, man. The you know, business is, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it gets me amped. It, you know, gets me up every day and, and, uh, and things like that. And, uh, and so I appreciate that. And I think it's really important because there are, there are always challenges around the corner. Uh, and if you can't stay positive in, in light of those challenges, you know, you're going to end up giving up. Uh, and then your comment on networking, I think is, right on spot right on the spot so i really like those those things um all right i'm gonna I'm ask just, you a question i'm just thankful kind of, yeah. chris i'm thankful you didn't throw the boomer tag onto me that that was <laughs> you're not that was easy that was, all right i appreciate it <laughs> you're not a boomer i i mean it, plus that one that was low-hanging fruit it, it it would it might get a laugh but it'd be a cheap laugh well you you leave that mustache picture of me up I, so I don't know what you're <laughs> capable of. You know, it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, all right. So in our last episode, we talked about time management. And uh, I mean, we went, we went in all kinds of ways with time management. But one of the things we talked about is uh, the time of day that you get your best work done. Chris happens to be a night owl. Uh, I am forced into the daylight hours, even though I prefer... Uh, the wee hours of the morning when it's still dark out and everybody's sleeping. Uh, my question to you is, when do you get your best work done? Uh, and then I also want to go into like, what does your, uh, what does your day, what does your process look like? Yeah. So it, in my opinion, and I've been bad about this last two months, but like I, my income really started to grow like December, January, February, like, like, you know, multiple X over what it was last year. And I guess, like previous years, whatever. Um, and that came from like, it starts the night before to do list in a perfect world in bed by 10. That, that doesn't happen a lot as of late, just cause the days are too long, man. It'll be cold in Pennsylvania in three months. I'm, I'm getting out as much as I can on stuff um, and everything, but right in the bed by 10 or 11, uh, eight to noon in the morning, typically, uh, typically, uh, no phone work block sourcing, prepping, mainly sourcing now with the prep center. Um, on that, typically I'll do whatever I feel like in the afternoon. I'll go like, uh, I do a lot of like sun basking and stuff just for fun, bike riding, basketball. Um, then content at night, typically do three YouTube videos a week. We do the one podcast and then as many of these as I can, different fun stuff like this. Um, then I, I do most of the Amazon stuff myself from a sourcing perspective, no VAs that handle that. Um, I have VAs for content, which is like, I guess the other big thing that I do on stuff. So a lot of the con and an agency and such for some of that stuff. So yeah, I, I mainly, the big input is the sourcing, right? And I'll typically honestly sporadically just do that. Cause it's oftentimes like I'll see on my seller app, like, okay, this thing's moving. Let me replenish it. Or I'll just like, there's a lot of short sprints on stuff. Like if there's a big sale, maybe for a whole week I'll go and I'll try to spend 50 K that week. And then if I spend 50 K that week, I know. I might only do a hundred the rest or 50 the rest of the month. Another so like it's, it's small sprints on that with always specifically cause there's different like quantity limits and everything. But I'd say, yeah, uh, best work to be honest, like I'm not doing a lot of like hard, hard, like sourcing work and stuff. It's, it's a lot of replenishing and just like digging through sales and low hanging fruit. I already know that I need to be taking more advantage of, but yeah, it's either, it's either like the eight to noon or like the late at night. If I haven't, 
gotten that rigid but i'm not, honestly not a huge i mean i haven't had like you know not where i want to be by far years away from even having the compounding effect to do that on stuff but i think routines kind of like because it say like when i was going to bed at 10 strictly i like if i was at 10 30 my subconscious would be like man you screwed up but then again it's like really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things as long as i do what i need to from work perspective but yeah to-do list is big and then i'd say probably either right in the morning or, or late at night if i happen to be up on stuff because lack of distractions is a big thing mm -hmm. i like that perfect uh let's let's switch a little bit to to your amazon tech stack and uh so what does your Amazon tech stack look like? And and then can you rank them from, say, like most important to least important? Yes. Okay. So uh, inventory lab for listing is very straightforward, right? Pretty much everyone should have that. Uh, BQ for repricing, uh, of which I haven't really tried any, any of the competitors of it, but it seems to work spectacular. My days in inventory are where I want it to be. My turns, my velocities, where I want it to be, so I'm fine with BQ. Um, Selleramp for sourcing, our tool, obviously, for I do mainly reverse sourcing, no TA, no list, no VAs, just straight reverse sourcing on stuff uh, with the replen model and then Keepa, obviously. So pretty lean, you know what I mean? Just Keepa, Selleramp, BQL. I'm going to put Keepa kind of just in a league of its own because like everyone should have that. There's no competitors on that and everything. And the others serve such a different purpose that like I kind of have to have all of them. You know what I mean? Like none of them even affect other ones so i'd honestly put them all like pretty equally in terms of, like obviously like i own part of seller amps like it's naturally above them and everything but they serve a different purpose so it doesn't even like it doesn't serve anyone to compare them in my opinion you know what i mean I, that i don't mean to like rag on that question or anything i just think they're all great honestly and that, that people if you want the arbitrage model that's are my recommendations of the best things you know what i mean all yeah. right so i'll be honest I just started my free trial of Seller Amp today. I know I need to get on the wagon. I keep hearing good things about it. So sell me on Seller Amp and then yeah. kind of explain explain your reverse. I mean, I know what reverse sourcing is, but for anybody who may not know, explain to me your process for reverse sourcing and how you use Seller Amp and all that stuff. Yes. So Seller Amp, it's, it's 17 bucks a month. So it's right. I think it's the most inexpensive one in terms of like just compared to literally anything keep be cool right amazon software in general but basically it's profit calculator but also a mobile app you can use to source retail arbitrage with the profit calculator right with your set in metrics your prep cost um your shipping cost filtered in on the back end right on your filters as well as chrome extension uh which is a big one i'm using to write profit calculator similar to some other ones in terms of the, the basic ui but the back end is what others don't have and they we in the typical reverse sourcing, you click into someone's store right manually, and then you can see just the brands they carry. And you, can, you can't see any info. You can't see a sales rank on the product. You can't see the buy box price, the, the expected cost based on your, your ideal profit criteria, which is set in the back end. So SellerAmp lets you go into someone's store and filter by category, filter by brand, and scroll through their catalog. Could be filtered by brand, could be filtered by category, could just be the quickest moving stuff while simultaneously being able to see the keepa the buy box price the offer count and um your expected cost in terms of your max cost of what you would want to pay so you don't end up clicking into a lot of listings that don't already fit your velocity price action because you can see the keepa action right there so for i mean for 17 bucks a month it, it saves an immense amount of time and more importantly right the whole the whole thesis of sourcing is getting through getting through the bad stuff quicker you know what I mean? Instead of, and then finding the good stuff quicker as a byproduct of getting rid of the bad stuff quicker and being able to scroll through someone's catalog, being able to filter into brands you like, filter into categories you like, while seeing the Keepa, the buy box, the offer cam, and all that. And we got some updates that is like crazy stuff in terms of potentially adding to it um, and everything. But yeah, so it's it basically just simplifies reverse sourcing and, and has like the you know website back end you can click into on on items you can export directly to google sheets you can literally click you can see an item you source it you click click to google sheets and it automatically enters into your back end your vas can do that as well within it to share sheets your multi-user um and all so yeah it just makes you know looking in someone's catalog a lot easier luckily at least for now amazon makes that data very clear on mm. stuff and just makes it a lot easier and then so i'm right i'm coming to someone's store that's maybe a competitor of mine um, filtering by brand, filtering by category, and then you one click Google it, it, it automatically sends you to the Google shopping of it, Google page of it. And then you can, you know, me personally, I'm a big coupon guy. It's then seeing what sites I know about coupons on because I like to sell a lot of big brands, right? Thousands of hues. 
I know I'm not going to deal with any IP complaints. I know that there's going to be a l- dozens of sites that carry those products. So it kind of just perfectly aligns in terms of what I'm looking for is a specific brands, reverse sourcing, simplifying it, getting rid of junk a lot quicker and just make it a lot easier um, for less than even keep a cost. Okay. So let me ask this. What makes you choose a storefront to stock? What, what things pop out at you that uh, uh, kind of make you say, oh, I need to spend some time on this storefront? Yeah. So within Keepa, if you go to offers, you can see how long or see when someone was first seen on a listing. And then that, so like, let's say we're looking at an item, right? Maybe it's something I've sold. This is a gorgeous item. I sold it. So I know everyone else on that listing probably bought it from the same place if it's OA, right? It's only so many places they could buy it from. So if it's a great listing, I love someone else is selling it. They've been on it for, wow, six months. They were on it six months ago. They're on it today. I can see their buy box stats. They're probably making money on it, right? They're probably replenishing it too. So what else are they then replenishing? But honestly, if you're a beginner, just click into all the stores because it's it's like you just one click. You can and then you come to someone's page. They have six asins and no reviews. It's one x. There's just one extra click. You know what I mean? So I'll typically just open everyone in terms of competitors. I don't deal with a lot of like I don't do any bolo type items, so I'm not competing with sixty people on stuff. So it's it's easy. Any I'm not opening anyone that's FBM. They have to be FBA just so I know they're not drop shipping on stuff. But a lot of listings have, you know, 10 to 20 people or so shows the first 10. You can see who has a lot of reviews and it's typically right. Um, when uh, from an arbitrage fashion, it's like looking for people under a thousand reviews typically. But um, yeah, I just look through everyone. It just makes it easy because it's so quick to it's so quick to disqualify people who don't carry a lot of stuff you're looking for if you're mm-hmm. advanced and just um, even have a sufficient ASIN count. But if Another pro tip on selling. If someone has like a thousand ASINs, five thousand ASINs, just click off it. Going to be too much junk in there. It's just you need to be more zeroed in on stuff. The perfect person to look through is the guy who has fifty-six reviews and like a hundred ASINs. I know he's making money, and he's got to be making money on only. You know, we got only so much here to choose from. That's like the perfect one to look through. I'd say. I, that's yeah. a great question. I never had that, and that is a great question. I hope I get that again because I think I had a decent answer on it and everything. That's yeah. a really good question on that. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I, I like it. That's about that's about what I like to look for. And well, I, I mean, I have two methods. You know, I'll I'll just shotgun. And I'll let I'll let software do the hard work uh, with a shotgun method. But if I'm doing it manually, I do like to look. Oh, for those I'm, people yeah. Kind of get In my opinion, there's so much money manually because the manual is where you can coupon out like crazy. And like mm-hmm. some of these big brands, right? They're carried on dozens of different websites. Like I got it just in the memory bank, like 10 giant sites that I know I have email coupons, right? Rewards that I can run up and save 10, 20%. Those softwares aren't picking up that stuff. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And everything. And there's tons of just naturally, there's tons of market inefficiencies, right? Multiple listings for the same product, right? Where the UPC only matches one. But if there's multiple listings for the same product and the UPC only matches one, that automatically negates that other listing to all the retail arbitrage people. You know, because that barcode they're scanning is only scanning to one of those listings. So the other one, Blue Ocean potentially. Lots of many such cases of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Very, very good. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to save I'm going to save that one for. Well, actually, you know what? So let me ask you this. What's a book, a podcast or a blog you recommend to everybody you, you talk to? All right, cool. So uh, and this is actually kind of so personal finance. Uh, Mr. Money Mustache. That's the only blog I've really ever read on that. So, are you are you hip to it? He's yeah, he's yeah. great. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, everyone listening, go check that out. It might be you know a little brash in terms of what. It's great though. It's really good. He keeps you real. Uh, book. Um, so it kind of depends in terms of I I like to view books kind of as diagnostic, right? You can't go wrong, right? Four hour work week in terms of like operations, rich dad, poor dad, wealth. Um, and then I'm a huge Gary Vee guy. So any of Gary Vee's books, especially the first one crushing it, um, from 2009, that'd probably be my trifecta of books, um, podcasts. I've been listening to some of different ones. There's this one that's called my first million by these really successful, like e-com, like tech guys. They're thinking, I really a big mm-hmm. fan of them as of late. Um, who else do I listen to? There's a couple small ones from Twitter, but that, I'd say my first million, the main one, then some of the big ones, like Tim Ferriss, obviously, from time to time. Naval Ravikant, How to Get Rich. Uh, but it's just called How to Get Rich. It's like pretty much a standalone. Listen to that, too, if you're listening to this. Um, this is a really good one. And I'd say that those pretty much are my main content recommendations on that. Yeah. We are we are my first million fanboys here. Uh, oh, yeah. I, those guys are great, yeah. man. Yeah. Those guys are yeah, great. Those guys are fantastic. I've, I've, taken, I've taken Sam's copy that course. It's excellent. I'm 
Very tempted to take Sean's power writing course, uh, which is coming up. Uh, yeah. I'm on, you know, whatever email list you got. And I told my wife, Sam Parr is on intro now. And so you can schedule a 15 minute phone call with him. Uh, and I told my wife, I said, I said, Hey babe, I like, I really want a phone call with this guy, uh, for my birthday. And she's like, I mean, after she said I was stupid, you know, she's like, if that's what you want, I guess we could make that happen. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's great. I would, if you have not read it, I would, I would like you to read a couple of books. I would all like right. you to read I, I, I'm all ears. Yeah, I'm all ears. All right. I definitely appreciate that. I'd like you to read Atomic Habits if you have not read oh, Atomic yeah. Habits. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Of course okay. I've read right. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that, that one's good, too. Have you read Skip the Line by... Uh, oh, okay. No. I, I, I don't even think I've heard of that, so I'll have to. Yeah, cool. Okay. James Please. James Altucher is a polymath and an interesting guy, but go read Skip the Line. That's a really great book. Uh, yeah. that You'll really, really like that one, I promise. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, you might, you might find a lot in common with, with Skip the Line. And, you know, might... You might feel like they're, they're speaking your language because it's, oh, you, right. I like the you know, it's a lot about just, you know, getting right into it and, and you know, not falling prey to, you know, preconceptions and, you know, yeah. just kind of getting right to it, which uh, I think there's a lot of parallels with your story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, I think you had a question or two you wanted to ask here. Yeah, I, I, uh, I love asking this question. Um, you do uh, coaching and counseling, right? So what, uh, what's the number one bad habit? Like if you could snap your fingers that you could Ooh. coach out of your students. Yeah. Uh, speed of action like that or not. That's not like, I guess like inaction would be, but like you learn something and you just go do it. Cause the quicker you like, cause no one analysis paralysis is running rampant on society or at least on me, all of us, we deal with it probably. Um, and everything, but yeah, just getting after stuff, right? Like trying stuff too. Right. In all this, right. 80 years ago, people are going to war. Like people are, you know, we're so lucky to be able to do this for a living. You know what I mean? Work from home, all that. Um, everything. There's capped downside. The capped downside is maybe you lose a little money, you learn skills, you make friends. Like there's the skills of this are very underrated, right? Data recognition, especially all the young guys doing. It's crazy, right? Data recognition, marketing through like personal brand. Um, all that, but yeah, just probably just like speed of implementation and like just not worried about stuff and everything. And obviously, I'm like incredibly lucky to find all this stuff, or at least like I haven't dealt with like major hardships in terms of like at least losing a lot. I haven't really ever like lost a lot of money on stuff, and uh, you know, probably inevitably happen on everything, but hopefully not. Um, we'll see on that though. <laughs> so, to the opposite of Chris's question, uh, what the people you see who, you know, are in, in your discord and that you've yep. coached and things like that, uh, what are some of the maybe habits or traits that they have that from the successful ones, what, you know? Yeah. So high energy, I'd say high energy and just buy until it hurts. Like that's the way you succeed with arbitrage. You buy till it hurts, you know, you get out of your comfort zone, um, on stuff. And then, yeah, just consistency too, right. Showing up every day. Um, on stuff and everything you see, right? You see people same way. We all smashed our limiting beliefs. Like, damn, okay, I'm trying to make a thousand bucks. I'm trying to make five thousand bucks, ten thousand. Right? You smash your limiting beliefs when you show up every day on stuff. So it's cool to see people go through that and, and everything, right? Because just naturally, right? A lot of times, and I'm not one to like, you know, rag on higher education or anything, but it conditions you to wait. And the internet's permissionless. You know, you want to do something, go do it. You want to talk to the world, you go start making videos. No one's going to care at the start. Right, but like the the making the Fulcher Miles page probably the best decision I ever made on stuff. And I didn't really end up making much money from it for over two years on stuff. But a lot of the guys I met that first year I still know right now on everything and there, anyone who's still around pretty much from like two, three years ago, they're they've just done it so much that you have to be good at it. Like there's no there's no way not to be good at something if you do it so often, for the most part, on stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, a lot of stuff have to go right, but like it's hard to not be good at something when you do it for a while. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The, right. the one exception is is trying to figure out what your wife's mad at, just for future reference. <laughs> noted, like, yeah, noted. You, you don't get better at that. Gotcha. So, so. No. <laughs> uh, last one, and uh, and this will this will be a record for the shortest episode that we have recorded so far on Clear the Shelf. So, uh, why don't you tell us where where people can follow you? Where can they follow you on social, on YouTube, ev everything? Yep. Yes, yeah, so I'm. Uh, I lucky you know be able to post a lot of content such so just 
flips the number four miles. My name is Miles. DM me on Instagram. It's the best place to reach me and stuff. But Instagram, Twitter, three times a week on YouTube, once a week on podcasts, buy box bandits on uh, all platforms. Got the free group, got some uh, paid stuff as well and everything. But try to, you know, uh, match your guys' energy, putting out some great OA stuff every week and everything like that um, on that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm an open book in terms of stuff. You take a look at, uh, you know, some of the YouTube podcasts, all that. DM me if you have any questions and uh, stuff like that. And definitely thank you guys for having me on as well. I, uh, you know, I, I like what you guys do and it's a lot of fun and, you know, hopefully you can run it back sometime in the future and everything. We'll definitely have to do another buy box bandits episode probably for the years up and everything, but also just last vote to the, to the listeners back to school was when I like really started having success last year. Like there's lots of opportunity on stuff, everything you'd expect, right? Backpacks, clothing, apparel, shoes, right? Sporting goods, right? Soccer oriented stuff, football oriented stuff, Lots of opportunity on stuff. And if you just get out of your own head and grind and take action on stuff, really good stuff can happen. And sure, you might lose a little money, right? But the, the risk of not doing something your whole life you don't like is far greater than the risk of trying to do something you want to do. And everything, sure, right? Amazon might not be your last business. Might not be the one that works out big, but you'll find the one that's best for you by getting after it relentlessly. And everything, and that's the thing. I hate giving advice on stuff, but it's I'm kind of more so just speaking like my younger self, like what ended up working well and what ended up not working well. On stuff. I know there's a lot of guys that are that are similar to me a few years ago. It's, it's cool to kind of help cut the learning curve for some of them as well that I get to know through the gram and such. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Chris, any uh, any parting questions or words? No, I, uh, thanks for being here, Miles. Uh, I, it's doesn't surprise me at all that you, that you're killing it just based oh, on our interview. We'll see, we'll see how it keeps going. But yeah, thank you guys, definitely. Yeah. And thinking, yeah, also just yeah, seller as well, our tool and everything. Forgot to add that to the, to the links and stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Make, cool. yes. make sure to make sure to get me over all the links and stuff so I can put them in in the social and, and everything Absolutely. when we post this. Yeah, Miles, I, I expect to see some big things out of you, man. I, I I love your energy. I love your positivity. I love your mindset. Uh, your work ethic. Uh, I I wish that I had been like this when I was your age. Uh, instead of spending uh, uh, probably a little too much time, uh, you know, with some extracurricular activities and in, in the bar and things like that. Uh, so I appreciate you, man. Yeah, yes. Uh, as always, we do want to end the show with a quote of the week. And uh, I think this one is very apropos to this episode. Uh, and this uh, this quote is by Brad Stahlberg. Uh, he says, motivation often follows action, not the other way around. You don't need to feel good to get going. You need to get going to give yourself a chance of feeling good. Uh, and uh, absolutely, I think I think maybe uh, one of my favorite quotes that I've found, at least in this year so far. So, uh, again, Miles, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I appreciate yeah. you. Chris, thanks for being here again. Uh, as usual, guys, please make sure to hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, wherever you might be. Drop us a review if you have the opportunity. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, and uh, share us with your friends. All right, that's it for this week, guys. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week here on Clear the Shelf. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.